the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The big silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. All right, and welcome to the big silence today. I am very excited for our guest. Samson Odusanya. He is a coach, a healer, empowerment guide based here in Austin, Texas, of course, and believes his purpose is to support people and guide them into remembering their own power, lead them back to themselves, which I love. A lot of us need that right now. Samson is a world-leading health coach, a man of service, and supports many people in realizing their own power through holistic modalities of nutritional meals, fitness training, and mindset coaching. And as a wellness entrepreneur, he takes humble pride in not just his highly successful business as a coach and a mentor, but also in his primary roles as a dad, a husband, to his beautiful daughter and wife. Mm. So welcome, Samson. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, I I don't know how I found you on Instagram, but I was following you for quite some time. And um, then our mutual friend Brent had you on his podcast. Mm. And I was like, I got to have him on mine. I want to have some conversations with him. And I have a lot of questions <laughs> about what you do and the multiple things that you do. And so welcome here. I am honored to have you. Grateful to be here. Yeah. So you, there's a few things I want to talk about here. Yeah. Um, number one, breathwork. So if you're familiar with the Tone It Up community, I get a lot of questions mm. um, from the women there about what breathwork is and yeah. how it is healing. So maybe we can even dive in there sure. and then we're going to dive really deep and sure. you might hate some of the questions <laughs> I ask. <laughs> I'm open for anything. Okay. It's all right. So explain breathwork. Okay. <clears throat> so in the simplest way I can put it, um, because it's it's a term that's getting really popular. It's a practice that's really making its way. Um, I would say back. Um, breathwork itself is just um, a conscious way to manipulate the breath, which is natural to all of us, to access different states, um, to access um, environments that could support in healing. One of the biggest ways is you know 
in regulation of the nervous system um, is in releasing trapped emotions, trapped feelings, and um, to support the body in expressing what we at times didn't know how to express because we didn't have the tools or the resources. So in the simplest way to put it, it's just a conscious way to manipulate the breath to access um, certain, aspects, certain aspects of ourselves. Right. So I've done breath work yeah. only like four times. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting. I literally, I've, so there's a, a coach, my spiritual coach that I've worked with since 2017, mm -hmm. Gwen Dittmar, introduced me to breath work. Yeah. And to help heal my own trauma and um, get into my body. And it was quite an emotional experience. Yeah. Uh, and, Every time it's very different. And Gwen even would tell me, she's like, this is more healing than ayahuasca mm. or similar to ayahuasca. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, even during my experience, I was like, and I, once I was out of it, I'm like, were you rubbing my feet? Were you lifting them? She's like, no. Mm. So why was I having that feeling of someone touching me or my body being elevated? Yeah. There isn't one particular answer for that just because everybody's experience, uh, it's very nuanced. And um, I can see why she can say it's uh, better, quote unquote, than Aya. Um, I don't believe it's better. I feel Aya has its place, just like everything else has its place. But breath, um, just like Aya, um, you can access uh, DMT through breathing. Mm -hmm. Could you explain DMT for those who don't understand? Yeah. Uh, so DMT is, in the simplest way to say, it's like the God molecule. And people access it through plant medicine, but it's a way where you... I would just say you you pop into a state where uh, some people meet God, their version of God. Um, some people, it's it's you're leaving this reality to access the bigger reality, um, and uh, our body naturally produces it um, depending on what state you're in. Um, you know, some people have access to it more than others. Uh, some people will need a bridge like plant medicine, and in this case, uh, breath can do that. And this is why uh, when you have the conscious manipulation of how you breathe, it depends on the, the style of breathing. So I'm not sure what she had you do, but uh, based on how long you were doing it, the pace you were doing it. Um, yeah, it was 20 minutes, I think. It's like, yeah. and, and, and like, oh, the transformational yeah. breath, the two-part breath. Yeah. Yeah. And the power in that, probably why you felt what you felt uh, is because with breath work, one of my favorite things, one, is that everybody has access to it because we're all breathing. But two, it's a modality that can support in bypassing the mind. As the mind seeks to do what it does, you know, for the, the insurance of our survival, uh, sometimes the mind would resist simply because it may not know what's going on. Like, why am I breathing this way? Like, why am my body feeling this way? So um, you breathe enough in a certain pattern, right? And I, I, I call it the bridge. You breathe enough in a certain pattern to where the mind lets go and the body takes over. And then the body literally, um, we can express how it needs to. And also the body knows exactly what to do if we want to get out of the way. So once the mind is out of the way, the body expresses, releases, let goes. You have an emotional experience. Uh, some people feel, I've, I've felt that in one of my sessions where it's just, I feel elevated. Um, and that's because, I mean, on a, on a very basic level, the intake of oxygen and also the dump, the dumping of CO2 can access, um, uh, chemical changes in your body to feel that way. Yeah. I'm, so Bobby, my husband is sitting next to me, my executive, um, handyman. So 
and you may not like me bringing this up, but this is the big silence where we talk about everything. Yeah. So once with Gwen, he was doing breath work with me at our in our home, mm. and we were laying next to each other, and his experience. And I want, if you don't mind yeah. sitting here for a moment, explaining it. Um, are you okay with that? Sure. Uh, and maybe Sweet. you can help answer some sure. questions because sure. he was, he was like, "What just happened? Mm. I need answers." <clears throat> I don't even have to get up. I can just. I think I can. That should be good. Stay in. <laughs> what's up? All right. What's happening? <laughs> so my experience was, um, just a lot of crying yeah. pain, but not tearing. I mean, really yeah. just trapped down arms, fingers crunched up. Mm. Um, it was screaming. Yeah. Yelling, you know, just uh, kind of being trapped and yeah. just a lot of, uh, lot of crying. Yeah. yeah. Screaming, crying. Let's say that. Mm. Yeah. Um, how did you after the session, was it was it a like a surprise for you? Was it like how did you feel after that? Um, I think it was a surprise to get to that point. I yeah. didn't have really any expectations mm. for the experience, and I definitely wasn't expecting to be, yeah, you know, bawling. Yeah, you know, even if I had emotion coming up, come up, I would expect, you know, a tear and be able to yeah. talk. <clears throat> this was a, this was really heavy. Yeah, and. Uh, Afterwards, I felt okay, but it it took a while yeah. um, to get back to a normal state. It definitely felt felt lighter, you mm -hmm. know, just to let that go. Um, but it was definitely something that there's probably a lot more to explore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I I relate in many cases where I've had experiences like that. Mm -hmm. um, for me, my name. I'm just I'm open generally so even though i'm not expecting it if it happens it happens but uh, what i'm feeling into is you're you're talking about that is imagine um i'm not sure and please like feel free to let me know if if, if it's not accurate or not but what i'm feeling into is imagine years and years possibly of not expressing mm. or not crying or not yelling right yeah, yeah. which is as humans very natural to us i think of my daughter She's three and all the colors of herself, mm -hmm. the laughing, the crying, the yelling, the tantrums, right? And as long as we don't interrupt that, right? She gets right back to where she is. But now imagine as we grow, right? Depending on our upbringing, we didn't have the tools, the resources, mm -hmm. the assets, the education to know how to properly express that. Or when we did, someone that we looked up to made us feel right or wrong about mm -hmm. it. And then now it's this this journey or this 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 practice of suppression. Yeah. And then you go into a practice like breath work that literally <laughs> your mind's like, okay, nope. And then now you're you're opening the door to your body to now let go of years and years and years and years and years mm. of tears and feelings and emotion that hasn't yeah. been let go of that I can say is natural. Mm -hmm. Right. Um when I definitely when I do sessions with people, for me the biggest thing is setting context. Mm. I overset context so people can give themselves the permission to feel safe to go to the places they need to. But um, especially after, 
if you have practiced a certain way of being or a certain way of holding it together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden you open the door, mm-hmm. it's just this new world. Right? Yeah. Now you get to relearn what life is like for you now now that you've opened this door. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's very nuanced. Yeah. But I yeah. think this based on what I what I'm hearing you say, that's 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 mm-hmm. the best way I can explain it. Yeah. It was an experience and there was definitely no conscious control available yeah. for me oh. to stop that, let's say. I've yeah. had an experience like that where I, I was weeping. Mm. Like weeping. You know, like soul mm-hmm. crying, right? Yeah. And I remember feeling people like in the area. And at this time, my mind's thinking like, what are they thinking about me? Like, I, I'm i just crying like a little <laughs> baby and I can't stop it. And the more I tried to stop it, the, the more, more it came. I couldn't. And, you know, again, it's the more we just allow it, the body will yeah. do what it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. I'll Absolutely. have to uh, link up with you for yeah. a session soon. Continue <laughs> that one. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. And something I want to add to that too, um, our need to make sense of something. Yeah. Right? It's again, it's especially if the if the mind wasn't there and then it, it comes back after you're done. It's like, okay, I'm coming back to my job. My job is to see, taste, smell, touch, feel, assess. A big experience like that after it comes back, it's like wondering what just happened. So mm-hmm. the initial thing is to make sense. And sometimes you don't need to yeah. make sense of it and just let it happen. And so it is. Yeah. So um, I have a question because I got into meditation and fitness mm. as a healing process for my own trauma. Yeah. So what is the reason you're into, why did you get into <laughs> breath work? What is your your past? What happened in your mm. childhood? What are you healing? And then mm. you're healing and then helping others heal. Mm. How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> as long as we uh, want. So same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, it was my own journey. Um, I grew up in a, an environment, uh, and I say this based on the way I took it on as one that was uh, emotionally, mentally, physically um, hostile, at least what I took it on, uh, what I took on. Um, it wasn't all bad, quote unquote, but um, my parents split when I was young uh, and you know, not having a relationship with my father for a, a chunk of my life and being raised by my mother for most of my life. And uh, I would say experiencing, you know, the reactions of what it's like when hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It took a toll on my mind. So my experience growing up was um, one that just lacked confidence. Um, low self-esteem, confused, indecisive, didn't trust myself. And while that was happening, there's also this part of me that would tap me on the shoulder to just keep going. There's this uh, seeker aspect of me. So um, I think I was like maybe seven or eight when I noticed that there was something different about how I experienced the world. I, I would watch people. And I, I, I was just very interested in learning what made them like tick. And, you know, I'd watch people cross the street or watch people walk on the sidewalk. I'm like, I wonder what that person, like what's, what's, what's going on with that person, right? And then as I got older, I would, I would 
try to stoke the fire, but because of the energy in my household, my mom, I love my mother. My mom was such a big presence and a big energy that it was like her way, mm-hmm. right? So it didn't really give me as much freedom to explore. Um, and then 11th grade in high school, and I'm, I'm just like speeding through all of this. 11th grade in high school, um, my mom got deported back to Nigeria. And that was like a really, really big boulder in, in water for our family. It's, oh, it was, yeah. yeah. So imagine the rock of our family. Like she was the one who kept it together. All of a sudden she was deported. And, you know, it's been 17 years since I've seen my mother. Um, I was just talking to my brother literally at maybe 1 a.m. last night. And just he was feeling the waves of it because she was gone when he was two and he's 19. So that was like a gift and a curse. And uh, the curse was that my mom is in here, but the gift inside of it, which is almost scary to call it a gift, was that it finally gave me the freedom to now ask questions and seek in ways that I haven't sought. So it led me to reading books, um, uh, searching different you know, uh, spiritual practices. Um, and because I played football in high school, that simultaneously after high school, led me to consistently work on my physicality in the gym and stuff. So um, that was, I feel the closest, that was the closest and the easiest door for me to go, which is like my my health. But then the place I was doing it from was not healthy. It was from a place of seeking validation or a place of filling a void. Um, and then I, I worked in a hospital for seven years um, as an ER tech, right? An orderly, then ER tech. And that was... That was one of the perspective shifting experiences of my life. Um, Just from everything you witnessed. Yeah, of coming, like literally was in front of death hundreds of times. It's crazy to say, but I was part of a lot of people's final moments. And that shifted a lot for me. Um, It made me ask, at 18 years young, it made me ask a lot of questions. And then my come from changed. Yeah. Right, yeah. So as I did that more and more, um, the body led to the mind. And then the mind um, led to, you know, deep into my spiritual practice. And then I got to a place where it, it was, there wasn't enough books I can read. There wasn't enough seminars I can go to. Like meditation wasn't doing it, at least the place I was at. And then um, like Bobby explained, I realized that there was still stuff trapped mm-hmm. in my body emotionally. And I realized I wasn't as connected to my emotions, especially as a man that um, more than like I would like to. So, Yeah. yeah. Do you have a relationship with your mom? Like you haven't seen her oh, in yes, 17 years, yes. but you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah we yeah, talk. We talk yeah. often. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I mean, huge part of my healing journey as well was being able to work on that relationship for sure. Um, and I want to talk about your men's work. Yeah. You are really focused on working with men. And I think that's really important because a lot of times, and even I'll bring Bobby into this, men don't talk. Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, let their emotions out. Yeah. Women, we're like, blah, 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 blah. We're all, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we're very open to therapy. We're very open mm. to everything. So can you explain a little bit more how you got into your men's work? It's, it's so funny you bring this up because it wasn't something that I I pursued as a like a goal or intention saying, oh, I'm going to do men's work. It was everything I feel has been a reflection of my own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, two or three years ago, uh, at the beginning of the year, I set an intention for the year that I wanted to deepen my relationship with other men. I've always had a relationship with, with men growing up. I had friends, uh, but it was 
it was surface, right? And I had no issues with that. Uh, but the more and more I learned myself, the more and more I, you know, traveled, you know, uh, inside of who I am and met parts of myself, I realized there's a lot of depth to me. And that's one thing I noticed, at least for me, that uh, didn't exist in my friendships. Some of them, right? Because we would have really deep conversations and that's where I thrived. And I could also exist in the surface. But for me, I really, really like to go deep. So when I set the intention to deepen my relationship with other men, I also realized who I am as a, who I was as a man uh, was highly affected by my relationship with my father, mm -hmm. right? Because he's the first, he's the first man in my life. And because he wasn't there, my experience was almost, if you ever watch Power Rangers, it's like, <laughs> so I Bobby, I think you watch Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, Bobby is smiling and nodding over here. <laughs> So there's this, there's this, they call this a Megazord and it's like, it's five of them and they combine all their, you know, their strengths and assets to make this one big, you know, Zord, a Megazord that they call it. So I would literally pick, right, bits and pieces and parts from other men that I was inspired by to put my version of what a man is. But then at the end of the day, it still wasn't me. So when I really set this intention, um, I don't know how it happened, but just men that I knew I needed or God knew that I needed were just pulled to me. And I started to notice um, being around them, it had me see myself in a way that I've never seen myself. They would call me forward, not call me out, but call me forward in, in ways that they saw and I was unaware and afraid to step into. Um, there were reflections of me and vice versa. So when I was growing in this environment of men who saw me and didn't see me for any other reason than to see me, um, it almost made like had me step more into who I am, had, had me accept more of who I am, had me really start to call forward these unaccepted parts that I have, you know, stuffed away because this person said, you shouldn't be doing this as a man or you shouldn't be doing this as a man. So for me, it was my environment. And then it was just something that naturally happened. I quote unquote fell into it. But because I started to see myself, because I started to express myself in a certain way, people with like energy are called to that, right? <laughs> They're called to that. Um, something else I will add, like last year was a very big year for me in meeting myself for the first time. Can you explain that? Yeah. So when I speak about the relationship with my father, uh, last year, I would say the beginning of the year, almost like second quarter of the year, there was this moment. So we had just moved to Austin, my wife and my daughter. And uh, I mean, new city, uh, my wife grew up in California. So like her leaving and picking up and leaving, like it wasn't all of a sudden, but all of a sudden was big for her. You know, my daughter's, you know, two at the time. So she's not having to adjust. I could adjust. So our nervous systems are like, you know, looking for regulation. We're looking to like, just be able to settle. Um, amongst that, there was this day where I woke up with swollen lymph nodes. And I'm like, I'm a healthy individual. Like I do my deal when it comes to my health. So for me, I don't go the physical route right away. I immediately go to, okay, like what is going on in the unseen that is making this happen? So about two days I dealt with that. And the next day 
or the, the day after, I get a hit, call your father. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. <laughs> and it was loud. And I hadn't talked to him in about four months. So I reached out to him. Uh, we caught up. And my intention of the conversation was to get in his world and really get to know what happened from his perspective with him and my mom. Uh, and we had a conversation. And for me, I'd had a conversation with him about eight years prior, but it was from a place of hurt, resentment, I, like being a victim. Um, and this place was a lot different, I think. One, because I'm a dad, I was married, so my listening was deeper. I almost felt like I was in his shoes so we talked and he shared his side of the story for the first time in 28 years. Wow. So when he was when he was talking, I literally started to see myself in him. It was almost like that conversation or that that thing that my little boy was waiting for his whole life. And immediately there was this sense of just not just forgiveness, but this wave of just empathy, right? Mm -hmm. And just seeing him for him doing the best that he could with what he knew and had at the time. And the reason why I said it felt like I was meeting myself for the first time is because what I now knew about myself based on how my mom painted him and you know that uh, my identity was wrapped up in that. And when I finally spoke to him, not saying it wasn't accurate, but there was there were some inaccuracies there. And it made me really look at like, oh, well, who I think I was or what I thought I was may have not been the truth. So this really gave me an opportunity to wipe this slate clean and start to choose, right? And not just choose, but remember who I am, who I was as a man, and start to kind of unlearn a lot of things that I didn't that I didn't need need anymore. Yeah. yeah. Have you done a lot of obviously then like inner child work yeah. and nurturing? Mm. Have you been to therapy? I've uh, done my, my or, you know, yeah. Your own yeah, yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways right, of therapy right. and I'm down for everything. Um, and not, a lot of the work that we do with men. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so the work that you do with men, it's in, here in Austin. Yeah. And what is the biggest transformation you see? Because I feel, and- I just keep throwing Bobby on last year, <laughs> but men feel really lonely. Mm. And I feel like what you're doing makes men open up. Mm. And what is the biggest change that you see in men who then can take, take away that barrier, that mm. wall, hug each other, yeah. talk to each other, support each other. Like what is the biggest change that you see? So the, the first thing is to um, look at, the reality of what it's like for men right now or what it's been. And this is my perspective, right? Um, even through my own lived experience, there aren't that many environments for men. One, to just be men. Two, for men to express all of themselves. Three, for men to share what is deeply going on with them. Four, for men to not be held to this idea, right? This idea <clears throat> that society has, has, has put out there for, for who and what men are. And some of the biggest transformations that I've, I've witnessed, you know, because we, we do a myriad of things, you know, the Empowered Brotherhood, um, 
myriad of things. But the, one of the most powerful things is to literally have an environment where a man can come, we can welcome him, we can welcome all of him, and he feels safe enough to just put it down. Mm -hmm. And when I mean by put it down, whatever is uh, heavy on his heart, heavy on his spirit, um, to put it down. Um, I have this, because I, I think a lot, right? I, I like to connect the dots. As humans, we have this, this need to belong. And oftentimes, this is even through my own experience where when I'm going through challenges, or I'm going through some really heavy things in my life, I'm not sure if you can relate, but there's there's an aspect that sometimes I feel like I'm alone, mm -hmm. right? And when I feel like I'm alone, I don't feel like I belong. So there's now this, this ebb and flow of feeling alone, not belonging. And the more I do that, the more I put myself on an island. Right. I, yeah, I, I understand that too. And that's yeah. why I started The Big Silence. Because mm -hmm. the more you talk about it and you share your story mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, you have the same, you're the same, yep. you're the same. We're all one. And yep. the more then that creates the community that yep. supports one another. That's exactly. And then the healing begins. Yep. Being open like that. It happens I, through connection. Yeah. It, healing happens through connection. Well, so, yeah. I was just, for so many years, mm. nobody talked about anything. Mm. It's like, I'm good, doing great. Everything's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're just so repressed mm. and that causes depression, anxiety, yeah, go into your own island. That's not healthy no. for your body, for your mind. No. And so I think it's so important. And I think what you're doing is so important too, to open up that conversation and that connection. Yeah. Um, a, a, a huge part of it too that I, I feel is that there is there's this one-sidedness that's presented to the world or we've been taught to present, you know, the, the highlight reel, right? And we've not been taught to highlight the real. Mm -hmm. Right. And and there's there's two sides to one coin. There's yeah, there's amazing things going on, but also share. And, and it's not to, you know, not to be a sounding board for, you know, uh, heavy energy and stuff, but it's like the other side because they 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 need to coexist, right? So when you're pulling the island and you think you're the only one, it gets heavier. But then when you realize and you get invited to an environment in a circle and you put it down and then you look around and you look into the eyes of another brother or another person and they have their hands raised or they, they have, they're nodding their heads or you could just see in their eyes the agreement that, oh, I'm not the only one. It immediately, what weighed you down immediately, just it, 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 it dissipates because you see that one, I'm not the only one. And two, the sense of not belonging now, now you belong now you feel, oh, okay, like nothing is quote unquote wrong mm -hmm. with me. I'm not broken. Like none of us are broken. We just need to express, right, what's going on. We we need to we need to put it out there. We need to talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely no one is broken. No we're one's just, broken. We're healing. We're waking up. Yes. We're waking up <laughs> and we're healing. Yeah. Um, so from that, I wanted to talk, kind of transition into um, and thank you for sharing all of that very vulnerable information and things about your life and how you got here. Uh, but I would love to hear, um, what is your fitness routine? 
because <laughs> Samson's strength on Instagram, mm. you're very fit. And it is your, uh, what is your perspective on fitness? Yeah. <clears throat> why you do it? Why you work out so hard? Yeah. What is the why behind that? Really, really good question. Um, as I stated before, it was from a, it wasn't from a healthy place. It was from a place to seek validation. So it was more from the outer end. And then over time it changed. Um, the very first why was to be healthy. Um, and uh, of recent times, I because I, I love like the etymology of words, um, I recently learned that healthy means whole, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the root word of healthy means whole. So it's to be healthy in all areas. And I started to realize the relationship between my body and everything else. Like when I would take care of myself, everything else was better. It enhanced everything. And then over time it evolved, right? When I'm healthier, I'm a better human. When I'm a better human, I'm a better man. When I'm a better man, I'm a better husband, better father, better friend. Uh, so that's my why, just to, to put myself in a position that enhances everything that I am and everything that I do. Now, as far as routines, it's evolved over the years. It's changed. I, I'm I'm somebody that I don't like getting bored. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. <laughs> um, and at the same time, I'm also someone that, because as I'm getting older, I'm I'm realizing because I learn from my environment as much as I can. Like I'm, you know, I'd work out and I'll talk to a 70 year old man, see him still active in there, and you know, I'm inspired by him, and I'm like, okay, cool. How can I bring one, seeing him 40 years for me from now into what I do today. So now what I do, it's 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 more athletic focused and more as best as I can uh, moves and things that support my body and also things that are life applicable, mm-hmm. right? So it's like this, this, you know, this, this relationship with like me prepping myself, putting myself through challenges so I can be stronger in life as well. And at the same time, um, something I realized about myself, working out is deeper than just the physicality. Mm-hmm. I move a lot of energy. That's one thing I notice about myself. I, I move a lot of emotion. And when I don't work out, for me, um, I don't move it. So working out has become, uh, uh, it's become a way for me to move like emotion and energy. It's a way for me to get it out because I, I have a lot of it. And if I don't put it or direct it towards something, now I stay up all times of night. I'm really like reactive because I haven't used it. So working out really supports me in being able to move energy and ground myself. Yeah, I agree. And um, like you, like my workout habits have changed over the years. Mm-hmm. I used to be a triathlete in my 20s. Don't get me to do wow. an Ironman these days. I can't even run. But now I love... Um, and then, you know, it was like hit and this, mm-hmm. but now I love yoga, but I want to be strong. And mm-hmm. it's not about the physical body. It's about the mental yep. for me. And, yep. you know, we always say like, you never regret a workout. And especially the last two years, you all know what we've been going through. Um, but I had a lack of motivation mm-hmm. and I did not work out. And um, so, and then I got back into yoga, but then I wasn't strength training. I wanted to be strong. Mm. So that's why I have Brent come to my house three <laughs> days a week. I'm like, make me lift weights. <laughs> 
but mm. then you feel so much stronger. Yeah. It's not, it's just, you feel strong in your mind. And that is the most important thing about physical fitness for me, because then you have the more energy, you have yep. the creativity yep. to um, live your best life and do everything that you want to do. So it's really important. Yeah. And the body's a really big access point to everything. Um, more and more as I'm working out, I'm also, I'm being schooled in my inner environment. Mm-hmm. Um, being schooled in uh, being able to truly build a relationship with my sensations and my emotions, even while I'm working out. Um, and it's this dance that I'm learning how to, you know, dance with my breath and what I'm feeling and where I'm feeling and, and just be able to, yeah, it's just solidifying this connection with my body. And the more that happens, the more I can trust myself just even through my body and everything else gets better too. Yeah, that's an important thing. When you're working out and you're working out hard, mm. you it brings it makes you be present. Mm, very much so. And so many of us are going through life, just your thoughts are everywhere. So between working out and staying present, breath work, meditation, all of those things, um, it's so necessary and it's the natural medicine. Yeah. Um, so I have I wanted to ask you something. So we recently with the Tone It Up community did a survey and the ladies have spoken and <laughs> they have spoken. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for this. <laughs> um, they actually wanted to do more workouts with men. Mm. And there's also been a request for breath work and I'm putting you on the spot and you can say no. And then all of the millions of women are going to DM you and be like, oh, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but would you come on the tone it up Instagram for a live and Go through a workout with me here at some later moment and do some breath work. Let's do it. Okay. Yep. Let's do it. He said yes. He said yes. <laughs> let's do it. Yes. <laughs> um, and then one last question I have for you because it's the big silence and breaking the mm -hmm. silence. Is there anything last that you want to say? Maybe something you haven't spoken about <clears throat> before, advice that you haven't given before? Mm. Or an emotion that you just want to put out there? Mm. Uh, what's coming forward for me right now is for, for me in particular, it's it's very challenging not to feel what's going on collectively. Um, uh, the transitions that a lot of people are moving through, you know, um, the shifts in identities. People meeting themselves for the first time, people getting to know who they are, people reprioritizing what really matters to them, people connecting with themselves, people pulling away from ideas and ideals of what they thought the world was. Um, there's a lot of change happening. And the message I have is for people to find an anchor, whatever that is, or something they could connect to that reminds them that it's okay, it's gonna be okay, and it always works out. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You hear that? All right, I hope everybody soaked that in because it is the truth. And then lastly, where can we find you? Uh, on Instagram currently uh, at Samson Strength, that's S-A-M-S-O-N-S -S -S underscore S-T. R-E-N-G-T-H. And we will have all of this in the show notes too. Um, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And 
thank you for your vulnerability and opening up and having this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Karina. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love, the type of love that will defeat anxiety, the type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in, to be who you already are. The big silence. The big silence.